SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Okay, those who are sending us voice notes about Man United, we're going to play them at the end. Uh, but we also want to talk Comrades, because Comrades is back. The race proper after a two-year absence, and we joined on the line by race director Rowan James. Good evening, Rowan. Thanks for being able to speak to us here on SAFM tonight. Good evening. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks. How have preparations gone for the race? Sorry to say again. Are you happy with how preparations have gone ahead of the race this weekend? Yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, we're into final race week now, so uh, all building up and uh, progressing at uh, an advanced stage. The registration venue at uh, Comrades House, the uh, marquee tent went up last week already, and Mr. Price Sport to run the retail shop in the Comrades Hall. They're busy in there at the moment. Uh, putting all the fixtures and fitting in and, and hanging the, the garments. So all going well on the Comrades House side in Marisburg. And the same for the Expo Centre, the Durban International Convention Centre in Durban. Um, the build-up is progressing along well there, as is the same at the Moses Medina Stadium where the race finishes on Sunday. Wonderful. And I see you've got a TV show also. Are they building up to the race this weekend? I saw there was something playing tonight. Uh, sorry, I just didn't get that. What oh, no, I, I saw there was a TV show, like a preview show of sorts tonight that will be playing out. Are they building up to the race? A TV show, you say? Yeah. Uh, yes, that's right. There is, uh, correct, there is, uh, there's two episodes that have been made called uh, Comrades Moments. It will be flattered oh. on uh, Super Sports. One is on tonight and then the other one is on Wednesday. So, yeah, just... Uh, uh, tells the story and the history of Comrades over the last hundred years. Oh, okay, nice. And and how good is it to have the race back after a two-year absence, or the proper race back after a two-year absence? I know we've had the virtual races. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, everyone from the board to the staff to the uh, ROC, which is the race organizing committee, are really all keen and excited to have the, the race back after a two-year absence. And uh, during that two-year absence, gave us an opportunity just to uh, look at the, the various plans and processes that we have in place and refine them and get them ready for when we could uh, host the race again this year. So, um, yeah, well, everyone is uh, certainly excited, all the volunteers, uh, and that could be seen that the when I was down at the stadium yesterday and on Saturday, just in, in terms of the build-up there, which is mainly done by all the volunteers, that everybody is pleased and excited to be back. And how tough were the two years without the race, Rowan? Even though, like I said, it was virtual, but surely it's it, it, it's not the same? I didn't get that again, sorry, do you? Yes, I'm saying, what were, how, um, what are the effects of not having the race for the past two years, especially for you guys as the organisers? Yes, yeah, it's, um, you know, every, everybody struggled with COVID and, and Comrade certainly um, uh, was not exempt to that. The two main revenue streams for Comrades are sponsorship and entrance fees. Mm-hmm. And with not having a race, uh, both those revenue streams dried up because naturally if you don't have a race and sponsors, uh, uh, then what's known as a force milieu is declared. So, you know, you don't get any revenue from sponsors either because naturally they're not going to get a return on the investment not having a an event so it also gave uh, comrades an opportunity to do a restructuring process. So um, yeah, it's, ne- it's never pleasant, but unfortunately um, we had to lay off nine staff just to restructure the business to ensure that we could uh, continue going forward. Fortunately, comrades had built up uh, quite a um, number of reserves over all, over the past 20 years. So 
we were able to call on that just to keep us going through the lean time. But uh, now we're back to to full steam ahead. Yeah, and and how was the interest virtually when you had these virtual races? How did that go? Yeah, so in in year one, uh, when I say year one, uh, effectively in June 2020, the virtual race was an incredible success. Um, but you will recall then as well, we'd all just we'd all been locked up in and shacked up in our houses for a couple of months. So everybody just wanted to get out out of, out of the front gate. So in year one, we had 43,788 entrants into the virtual race, which uh, would certainly make it one of the biggest in the world. Um, but then came uh, June 2021, uh, and then we hosted a virtual race again. But that time around, only got 13 and a half thousand entries, which clearly indicated to us that virtual races were tired, they were fatigued, they were past the sell-by date, and everybody wanted to get back to doing the real, the real deal and the real thing. So yes, it, it did help carry us through uh, the lean times. Um, but the message is very clear from the runners that they want to they want to be out there together and uh, do the real thing. And and the date has been out for some time. Just a reminder: what was the thinking in having it in August? So when when the decision was made in uh, uh, early last year to to move the race to August, that was mainly there were a number of reasons. Number one was to in no particular order. Number one was to just buy time because there was the uncertainty and still the unknown of COVID and how long that would be around and whether we'd be able to put a race on in uh, June or not. Um, secondly, having a race in August ensures that we, we basically get far more um, daylight hours, if I can call it that, because middle of June is naturally the middle of winter. So what was happening there is that the first hour and a half of the dark, uh, first hour and a half of the race was running the dark, and effectively the last 45 minutes of the race is running the dark. So it was a safety issue uh, first and foremost for the runners, and then secondly, also it had an impact on television viewership as well, because for the first hour and a half we couldn't get the helicopters up to to, to do the uh, to show uh, the race TV, uh, <laughs> coverage yes for the race oh. as well. So what it resulted in was a bit of a talk shop in the studio and. Nobody wants that. You know, they all want to try and see their runners on the TV. And there were a multitude of other reasons, but those are the main ones. Oh, okay. Now, that, now that makes sense. But now, um, are there no concerns about being it being much warmer in August than June, maybe for the runners during the day? Um, yeah. Uh, when when the decision was made, I mean, it was, uh, there was quite a bit of uh, consultation that took place between various parties, parties such as the race doctor, um various climatologists, uh, et cetera. And we, we, one of the things that we looked at was the, the long-term uh, forecast and the statistics that have been gathered over the years in terms of the temperature in June versus August. And there's only a one-degree difference. But then, as we all know, that, that you can only use that as a, as a guideline or a benchmark. Um, you may recall, actually, that on the 28th of August last year, it actually snowed in Peter Maritzburg on Hillcrest. Um, so anything's possible in terms of the... The weather in 2013, it was in, when the race was in June, it was an incredibly hot year. It was between 29 and 32 degrees. So I think the best way that we've mitigated that for this Sunday is we've just ensured that there's more water than normal uh, and adequately required for twofold to keep runners hydrated and then also for them to, um, you know, to, to wet themselves and keep cool for cooling purposes as well. But um, currently, the last couple of weeks here in KZN have actually been fairly cool uh, clear, clear, calm days, but fairly cool because there has been quite a bit of snow around on the Drakensberg, which then does keep the the air temperature um, down in terms of keeping it a lot cooler. 
But now I see that next year's race date is out. I think it's June 11, it, so it goes back to June. Um, is that your decision or is that ASA who makes that decision? Um, yeah, that's an interesting one because, uh, you know, we, we as, as event organizers were really caught on the back foot for that one. And there was no consultation with us uh, from ASA's side in terms of uh, the race being in June. And, uh, how, how the process basically works is that every every race organizer in their respective provinces needs to submit their preferred race date to their province, which they then use to assemble the um, fixture list. And then they in turn forward those fixture lists onto ASA, uh, who compile the national fixture list. So um, we had we had uh, we had to submit our date by the 31st of May this year, and we duly did that. And the date we applied for for next year's race was the 20th of August. Oh. So uh, when the uh, when the the draft fixture list came out from ASA, it really caught us on the on the back foot and the hopters where they just said it's going to be the 11th of June. So no consultation has taken place. Uh, so at this stage, I don't know whether that date is actually fixed or firm or not. Um, uh, you know, we'll wait. We'll wait for the feedback from uh, ASA. Okay, but you would have you wanted June. I mean, August again, like this year, basically. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. So that's the date that we applied for 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 okay. the twentieth of August. But the bottom line is, if a, if a race does have to move back to June, we're ready for it. We can host it then. So that's no problem. Okay, Rowan, thanks for speaking to us. All the best for the week ahead. We'll do a proper preview maybe on Friday looking at the contenders. But thanks for speaking to us tonight. Oh, is it gone? Oh, hold on, Rowan. Rowan, there's a question here. Who Somebody says, can you clarify the transport issue from Deben? They can't leave Deben at 1 a.m. for a 5.30 start. Uh, yeah, so so what's, what's just happening there to be so is that there's quite a lot of roadworks on the go in the first 30 kilometers out of Peter Marisburg, in other words, from Peter Marisburg direction, Durban. So what we've advised the, the athletes is that they should, if they're coming from Durban up to the start, leave earlier than what they normally did. I, I think 1 a.m. is maybe a bit early, but uh, I would suggest that runners definitely do not leave later than 3 a.m. in the morning just to ensure a safe and clear passage up to Peter Marisburg because just due, due to the, the sheer volume of traffic on the highway, mm. it will be congested on those 30 kilometres through the, the roadwork. So uh, for any of the listeners, uh, if you leave uh, the latest 3 a.m. from Durban, you, you'll arrive comfortably and not stressed out at the start. Um, but if you want to leave at 1 a.m., that's even nothing wrong with that, but I think that might be a bit early. Okay, Roman. Thanks very much for speaking to us. All the best. No problem. Thank you.